Welcome to Reality Buzz. This is Desley Casey, your host. And today I'm interviewing Susan. And Susan uh, is a 65 years old and resides in Tasmania. She successfully raised six kids and raised three as a single mum. Sue has, uh, has had many jobs from fruit picking to union organiser in Tasmania. Also, she spent a few years of her working life as a bartender. Life has seen Sue experiencing some bad relationships with plenty of domestic violence. Sue was raped by her stepfather for a number of years till she was old enough to leave. Sue has also raised a number of other people's kids and successfully received a BA in youth work. She loves football and music. Welcome, Sue. Well, thank you, Desley. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, thank you. It's, it's lovely to be here. You've certainly had some life experience, haven't you, Sue? Yeah, just listening to that intro, yeah, I have had many, not all good, but, you know, I think all the experiences in your life, life lead you to be who you become ultimately. And mm. when I think of that, oh, I'm happy where I am in my life at, at this present time. My, my family, my health is relatively good. And, you know, I live in a beautiful part of the country. And what more, you know, like, I'm happy. I'm not rich by no means. <laughs> Battler. But I don't need money to be happy either. No. Um, it is a... I answer a lot of questions on Quora.com and one of the questions that I received from a young person was, do I need to be rich to be happy? And... Basically, you know, my response was no. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, if you've got friends and social networks and family and people or people who support you, you can keep a roof over your head, food on the table. You know, really? That's all. Then you you're need. rich indeed. Yes, of course. You know, all this, I mean, what do the zeros at the end of your bank account really do? I mean, sure, you, you know, the obvious stuff about travel and power and all that, but at the end of the day, why do you need all that? Why, why do you need that to be a good human? Because that kind of is, in my mind, is opposite to people use their power. I mean, look at our government, for heaven's sake. You know, that's, that's just absolutely um, horrendous what's going on. And and I am such a proud Aussie, you know, Olympic, anything where Australia is, I'm hand on heart every time I hear our anthem. But I'm absolutely appalled at what's going on in our country, how we've been robbed, our social rights, our freedoms, the choices, you know, and it's all greed and power that's behind it. Benefits no one, but a particular, you know, the top 1%. Desley, why do 1%ers 
control our lives, either end. Yes. Yes, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's the 1% of um, people receiving welfare or people receiving a Centrelink benefit who may be trying to uh, beat the system. It's a kind way of putting it. And so they come down with government come down with or Centrelink come down with harsher rules for the other 99% at one end, as you say. And then you've got the one percenters in the wealth category and a portion of the one percent of that one percent are the power hungry power mongers um yeah and i i find it fascinating uh when you talk about you know this current government Personally, I think Menzies would be turning over in his grave as to what the Liberal Party, uh, Nash, Liberal Party now stands for. Um, it's not about the rights of the individual. Um, they keep talking about their broad church. Well, it's a weird church, if you ask me. Um, but then that's, that's my opinion, you know, for my two cents worth. But it's not that broad at all, because unless look at uh, the politician, Tasmanian politician who crossed the floor uh, the other day in Parliament to de yeah. defeat a bill, a government bill. Uh, oh, that's right. She wanted the ICAC bill, you know, yeah. and basically within hours she was dragged before um, Scotty at marketing office and i'm being polite there with scotty at marketing because that's not the term we use in my area for him i can assure you um but you know we live in a new era and what we have to be very careful what we say on social media um but she was straight before him oh it was all very polite and everything else like that but when they said who was actually in attendance at that meeting here's this poor one backbencher yep. with these heavyweights all around her yep. probably exactly. getting uh even if it was polite a dressing down of the first order for for daring to cross the floor and having a different opinion exactly exactly i mean i'm a, a part of a group that's been battling um the cashless debit card and bridget actually oddly enough um, voted for that horrendous piece of legislation that so many people are just hurting, are desperate. People are actually, I mean, I don't know who your audience is and I don't want to, you know, people are dying as a result of this card. It is no good government would ever in their right mind consider privatising a welfare system trying to make money off the poorest in your land, in our country. That is just, that's lunacy. How, anyway, back to Bridget, she voted with him. And now, as you say, you know, to be confronted, not only by the master, but his puppets as well, as a 
you know, terrifying. I mean, I'd hate, you know, I've been in some situations and honestly, I'd be scared witless that, first of all, you're called in to speak to the master, but uh, then walk in and see, oh, lordy, lordy, you, you know, Maurice Payne, I think it was, and was it Dutton? No. Dutton, I think it was Dutton. Yeah, and... You know, I mean, he scares everybody at the best of time. The man's a warmonger, he's a lunatic. He was not very well respected when he was in the police force. And he got an interesting parting gift from his fellow officers when he left. So, you know, there was a rumour going round. I don't know whether it's true or not, but, you know, there was a rumour going round that Mr Dutton actually took a number of uh, Aboriginal boys for a drive into the outback and removed their shoes. These are three boys, the oldest was seven, removed their shoes and left them in the bush to find their own way back. Um, you know, you know, no human does that to kids either. Not a good human. And so yeah. this boy is confronted by Maurice Payne, who was a part of the whole cover-up on um, Brittany, mm. the whole rape. So you've got her, and then you've got Dutton, and then you've got the master. Like, I really, at that moment, I did feel sorry for Bridget Archer. You know, yes, and she's she's an interesting lady, um, from what I can understand. Um, I, I find it I find it interesting, you know, talking about politics, but also picking up on the no cashless debit card Australia or the Hindu yeah. card. Um, the stripping away of human, consumer, and legal rights and protections has been. Uh, stealth in the making over the past number of years yeah. and it'd be nice if she actually crossed the floor on that and actually voted with julian hill with his bill to uh you know the federal labor mp for rich uh no not for richmond um he's in victoria so um at, who's I'm thinking of Justine Elliott, who is also supporting yeah. that that bill. Um, yeah, Julian. Getting, yeah, Julian Hill. He's from Victoria. I, I yeah. can't quite. I have interviewed him. I can't quite remember uh, what electorate he is in now. But the, the total stripping away of rights and consumer rights under all the legal protections that ordinary everyday Australians have, people in these so-called trial uh, sites, which, you know, this is a never-ending trial, um, have had stripped away from them. The privatisation, as you say, of welfare... Uh, and putting it in the hands of a private company to manage um, very poorly, I might add. Uh, yeah, make a profit on the, the story, profiteering. 
Yes, that's the key. It's not, they're not there to provide a service for anybody. Their main objective, if like any private enterprise, is to make money. Yeah. That's, that's their line. And mm. so to them, it doesn't matter whether you can feed your kids tonight or whether you can pay your rent. Well, there's been so many cases where Inju have failed to pay people's rents and has led to them becoming homeless. And not only are they made homeless, but then Services Australia has the gall to threaten their children by statements like, oh, well, if you're going to be homeless, we'll take your kids. Really? What is this? We're back to the, have we learned nothing from the stolen generation? This is the worst government in the, in the life of this country. And, you know, there is not one good thing. And I trust me, I've asked myself many times over the last three years, there's not one good thing that has come from this government. I'm going to ask you a question. You, you, um, in, in your intro, um, you you know, talked about that you've experienced domestic violence, um, which this is horrendous. Sorry? This card is exactly that, but on a large scale. Now, yes, I have experienced, um, they were long, my first re relationship, it was, he ended up, he was my husband, that was, I always believed my mum's way of saving me from rape, repeated rape by my stepfather was to send me off with this bloke who was 11 years older than me. And I always believed, well, I believed that for a long time. He, so I spent the next 11 years um, birthing three children and being beaten from pillar to post and where I had to account for every moment of my time and every cent that I was ever given. Yeah. Um, and this is exactly that. It was control on every level. You know, where I shopped, how much I spent, where, you know, what bills were paid, um, what I bought for my kids and where I bought it from. And if you didn't, you know, if you crossed the boundary, well, there were, you got beaten or... You know, this is just total control. And that resulted, it took 11 years, but it resulted in me admitting myself into a mental hospital to recover because I'd had a complete breakdown. Yeah. I had been beat. And there was no um, shelters back then. Yeah. No, you know, nobody. I mean, domestic violence was certainly there. But you called the police and... The police would come, they'd take him out in the yard and they'd have a little chat with him and he promises to be a good boy and off they go. And then he comes in, back in and beats the crap out of you harder. So you don't report it. Yeah. You just live with this hell. And this card, when I think of this card, that is exactly how I feel about this card. Yeah. And that's what it does. It oppresses people. It, it takes away your power to choose. That is our basic freedom. We have will and we have the right to exercise our will. 
by of choice. Yeah. And that was a question I was going to ask you is, is that if we go back to, you know, those 11 years and the government had the cashless debit card in at that stage, do you consider that you would ever be able to exit it, be able to exit that domestic violence situation? No, no. I because there was nothing. The, the only payment that was around at that time was the widow's pension. Yeah. There was, no, you know, and so when I left, finally, um, with him chasing me with a gun, um, all I had was what was in my handbag at the time. Right. And so I went to a police station, caught a bus and went to a police station a long way from where I lived and it was a half screen, half solid doorknob. It was too early for the um, to be open. And so I squatted down down the door. I was absolutely terrified that he'd find me. And for the this part of the police station to open. And they set me up to a refuge. And in them days, if you went to a refuge, that was a really like that police station rang another police station who then rang a worker who then decided where we were to meet. And so the police would take me to a meeting point and then the person would take me to wherever the refuge was for women's safety, obviously, but things were very different then. And this is early 70s I'm talking about. And, um, yeah, and I was so petrified that he'd find me. Um, when I finally went to Centrelink, oh, and they had nothing to offer me. Um, and then a, a bigger officer um, came out and they said maybe I'd qualify for the widow's pension. So that's what I got. Mm. Um, it was $180 a fortnight. I had three young children. And my rent was 120, and that's what we lived on for, um, yeah. And then he stalked me constantly, and oh god, it was yeah. But no, that was horrible. Had. But you know, from what I understand, and talking, you know, with the cashless debit card, that basically because people can't pay for motel rooms because if they can't get into a refuge or a shelter yeah. and they've got nowhere to go, they can't pay for a motel room on the Indu card. Um, they can't pay for a caravan park, partic uh, particularly if it's a mixed, uh, you know, sells alcohol in their dining area or something like that, which not too many do, but some do, but there seems to be a blanket ban against caravan parks. They're also, from what I understand, um, saying to women who are wanting to flee domestic violence, well, you've got to go into a card area, otherwise we'll take your kids off you. Um, so they're forced onto this card in order to get to be, as you say, more, more abused from a financial, uh, mental and emotional perspective 
Well, that just continues the cycle of abuse. But they're not given any real choice. And then you've got Anne Rustin saying, the, the Minister for Women's Safety, domestic violence is bad and we want to look after women. Yeah, she's she's quite happy for women to be on the Hindu card. I, I can't marry up the concept. I don't, I don't know how. Well, Does she have different compartments in her head? This yeah. is to do with that, but this doesn't cross over to no, this. No, I mean, come on, you know, really? Where does she go to bed at night? Like, I don't know. Does she live in the real world? Because it's certainly, like you said, it just doesn't. Does she think we're all stupid and, and just because she's a dummy that, you know, we're going to be fooled by this, that we can't see, we can't, like, that's just, I, I find that extremely offensive and rude from her that she would think we would buy that, mm. you know, and, and what they're, you know, that this government has no regard for women of this country and that a woman is actually selling other women into abuse is yes. intolerable. Yes. Actually, I hadn't thought about it from that perspective, but you're right. She, uh, being a female, she's actually promoting... Domestic violence. Domestic she's violence. Or, or promoting a form of abuse to be... Of women. Of, of women. Or, or further trauma, further trauma, yep. and further violence against women who are, who are fleeing violence. Yeah. Mm. Take them out of the very good point. Throw them into the frying pan. Is about what they're doing with this whole threat of the cashless debit card. It helps nobody in no way. Anything that impedes on your free will, your choice. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. No, this is know. where it's at odds with the Liberal Party philosophy of the rights of the individual and the rights of the individual to choose. And yet they've come, come out with one of the most draconian policies no. that any Australian government, apart from the stolen generation and and maybe uh, the white Australia policy has ever inflicted on its own citizens. Yeah, by far. This is just, and, and the fact that, you know, I always thought that we were, you know, I lived through the Whitlam era, so I know what happened there, mm -hmm. you know. God, you know, God may save the Queen, but he'll never save the Governor General. Was that not the line that was used yes. back um, excuse me, the whole, the whole bloody lot of the NLP Parliament, NLP Nats Parliament, all should be tossed out. I thought based on what happened then, why are they still there? I, I keep asking. Um, I've tried to ask Mr Albanese's office. You're the leader of the opposition. Why is he still there? I've asked, tried to ask the Governor General's office. What's a governor general these days? What are his powers? What are his roles? In all these three years of all this 
destruction. We have not heard from our Governor General at all. So why do we employ him? Why do we pay him money? Mm. It, you know, like, it seems that there's one set of rules for one government and nothing, you know, completely different set for the opposition. This is crap. This would never have washed with Labor. Labor sneezes and they're ousted. The NLP half murders the bloody country and they're heroes. Excuse me? Yeah. Like, what the hell? And people just keep, oh, swallowing this. We're, I don't think that we're... Lately, I've been actually thinking, you know, what kind of Australia are we? Are we still the, you know, true blue? Do we still stand by our mates? You know... I think we are, the core of us is, but the top end is, is not pulling the line and therefore dragging the rest of us down with it. You know, this is not the country that every kid deserves an equal opportunity at an education and a life. Every human deserves an opportunity, a chance at life. And anything that you could possibly do to further that is a good thing. And the rest is just rubbish. Yeah. Yeah, all this wage theft. Excuse me. Excuse my language, dickhead. They're your workers. They work for you. You make money. Everybody's happy. Oh, you're not happy? You want to steal their wages too? Oh, now we're on a... You know, what kind of boss does that? You know, this is... People are so against the union. Like, really, people, you have contents insurance, you have car insurance, boat insurance, caravan insurance, health insurance, every other insurance on the planet that you could possibly have, you've probably got it, except for one. Your bloody work insurance. Where's your work insurance? That's what the union is. Mm. They're there for you at work. They're your insurance against wage theft, you know, uh, against bullying at work, um, sexual assault at work, you know, all those things. That's your insurance policy. But no one gives a crap these days. Unions are so bad mouthed. Mate, if it wasn't for the frigging unions, you'd still be working 16-hour shifts and being paid a, a penny and you go home to your family and try and feed them and pay the rent. Yes, I mean, and talk about, you know, unions, and we'll come to that in, a, in a, another discussion um, and that sort of thing, but it's good to raise it. But talking about unions and um, cost of living, and wage theft, which seems to be every other day, some big companies coming out saying they're having to back pay their workers due to a mistake, um, yeah, which is rather interesting. It seems to be very, very prevalent. But the cost of living and the wage stagnation that we've had in this country now for quite a number of years, um, 
we don't have affordable housing. I was reading an article the other day, uh, only yesterday, you know, um, basically there's so much money that now has to be poured into social housing and affordable housing and building affordable uh, homes because well, people, pe increasingly people are becoming homeless. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, it's, a, it's the growth industry, isn't it? In yes, it absolutely is growth industry. Or they're, they're living, I heard of one mum, I forget how many children she had, was living, um, this was in Sydney, and it was basically like a, a one-room kind of garage shed yeah. just to have a roof over, over her head and, and put a roof over the head of the children yeah. you know, because she couldn't afford even a two-bedroom. I don't know how many children she had, but she couldn't even afford a one- or two-bedroom apartment. Um, well, you know, in, so it's getting worse, isn't it? Oh, by a long shot. Here in Tassie now, uh, every day I thank myself and whatever that I own my own home because being a carer and on the carer's payment, I would be homeless. I, yeah. There's no way on what I receive a fortnight would I be able to pay the current rents yep. and my medication mm. and sustain myself I just couldn't the house next door to me a year and a half ago my girlfriend lived in there uh, the rent was 275 a week that house today is 450 a week yeah nothing changed no um you know upgrades or nothing not a thing but the rent has gone up 175 dollars a week now Desley I don't know too many employed people that could afford to pay $450 a week. Those on, on payments, Social Security, there's no way. Mm. Someone's going hungry. Someone's going without mm. so that they can pay their rent or they end up homeless. And there are so many of them. Mums and kids and, and mums and dads and kids, you know, dads and kids. The kids, the word that keeps coming up is kids. Isley, this is our goddamn future. Mm. You know, what are we doing to our kids? Mm. No child should experience that kind of living unless you choose to go camping for a week. Mm. Right? You don't live like that. You cannot go to school and do what's required of you at school if you don't have a full belly, if you're not rested. It doesn't happen. You, you know, you need to be fed. And, and a government that would actually allow this, would actually encourage this, mm. it's not a government. Um, a wise uh, friend said to me once, this Prime Minister is a half-baked dictator. Yes. And I think about that the more I believe that he truly is and if he gets in next term he won't be half-baked no he's I 
you know, I've said for a little while as well that this government is um, a half-baked dictatorship. It's it's baking. It's in the it's in the oven. It's still baking. Oh yes, it's still baking. Oh. The problem, but they're doing it by stealth, and they're doing it bit by bit. But they're doing it by stealth. But in actual fact, um, it's a, it's basically a half-baked dictatorship. Oh, yes, for sure. And you look at the things that have changed and what they are changing. You know, even the the simplest of things like the voting, they're changing the manner that you can do that now, just obviously to suit their own game. But they're based it on the American system, which is rather stupid because here we only go to vote once because we have to, because if we don't, we get fines, right? Mm. And then most of them, I don't, but a lot of people actually will draw penises or go pies on their ballot paper or, you know, donkey votes. That's what, we don't go from one electorate to another to vote, you know. And <laughs> just, therefore this change is, it'd be better off focused on, on things like the donkey votes, which are real. Yes. You know, here in Tassie last election, 90, well, it should have been 90,000 donkey votes mm. because the woman that stood for the Liberal Party actually stood as an independent. Mm. But her name appeared under on the green paper under the LNP banner. It's interesting. It's, yeah, it's, it's interesting that you mention that because... Uh, in New South Wales, we have our local council elections and that's happening on the 4th of December. And I've got the ballot papers already, you know, for um, the council elections. And what they've clearly marked on there and what they've actually said in an article is, is that the Liberal Party members are standing as independence in the local council elections. They're not standing as a representative of the Liberal Party. Now, that's happening all over the state in New South Wales in these local council elections. So is the LNP so on the nose that local um, pollies who are say they're staunch liberals will not stand behind their party as a party and they're standing as independents, which actually confuses voters. Yeah. I've heard so much, even particularly with the upcoming federal election, vote independent, don't vote liberal or labor, vote independent. And as yeah. as we say, know where your votes are going to. It, which party your preferences are the independence they are absolutely confusing the issue in yeah. these local government elections because they're standing as independents and yeah. not as you know that, i'm from the liberal party if if you're um well this is where he the the whole id thing could actually be of some benefit to someone is if they did that, I mean, if you're assigned to a party, if you've signed up to a party that you belong to, then that's where you are, isn't it? 
or do you get to just ditch that when it suits you? Well, obviously they're ditching it. The liberal, the liberal people are, um, uh, you know, the, um, the liberal police are ditching the LNP and stand, and they're they're standing as independents in all the different um, LGAs, local government areas, uh, in the local elections. And I find that actually a very fascinating turn of yes. politics because I suspect because of what's happening on the federal level, not so much on the state level, we have a, a, yeah. a Liberal, uh, Liberal National Party government here in New South Wales, but not so much there. Um, but what's happening on federal is obviously... You know, when they talk about that trickle-down effect for economics? Yeah. Well, obviously, yeah. it's trickling down and yeah. they're not prepared to stand stand as a Liberal Party member and be yeah. elected as a Liberal Party member in the, in the local government elections. So that I find very, very fascinating. Yeah, that's, yeah, I haven't heard that, but that's very interesting. What message are they sending? Well, see, the problem is when you vote um, and that when you look at the form, they're all independents. You have no idea who they're... Who they're aligned who, with. Who, who they're really aligned with, you yeah. know, unless you... Um, yeah. And I was talking to a neighbour of mine who was asking, and I said, yeah, I've got the papers and everything like that, Um and I say, there's only one person I know here, and that's the person in the local, you know, in the area I live in, um, who's been a councillor for ever since I've been living in the area, and I've actually met her. You know what I mean? And that's the only reason I said anybody else. I said I have no idea who they are. Yeah. Never, because they don't knock on our doors. They don't knock and say hello. I'm such and such, and I, you know what yeah. I mean. Uh, and this sort of thing. But I find it fascinating that they're hiding behind independence. The Liberal yeah. Party candidates are hiding, hide, hiding behind independence rather than for what they really stand yeah. for. Yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, if you look at the current situation and that, you kind of think, oh, you'd be a bit sceptical because, but then if it stands on its own and they're actually sending a message we don't want to associate with with what's going on, then that's a different scenario and that could be a, a, a good thing. But it all lies in who they're actually preferencing, where their loyalties actually lie mm. at the end of the day. At the end of the day, it comes down to how they're going to vote or, or what their thinking is or yeah. whether they're pro-development or, um, yeah. you know, and everything like that. But getting away from politics uh, for a, a minute, and I, you're like me, we could talk politics till the cows come home and even beyond. So, <laughs> you know. Uh, and yeah. But what I want, question I want to ask you, because I know that Tasmania doesn't have the cashless debit card. No. Um, and... Well, first off, how did you get involved in the actual No Cashless Debit Card Australia movement? And 
be, what do you believe if the LNP does roll it out across the country to all Centrelink recipients, how do you feel it would impact you personally and your lifestyle? Right, okay. Well, that, that's easy, Desley, actually. What I heard our prime Muppet, excuse me, I'll call him Excuse me. Um, I heard our prime Muppet just after he was elected um, on some interview or another talking about the trials. Um, I wasn't too familiar what was going on, but I heard him say that it would be something that he would like to put across all Australian recipients, blanket approach on, on this cashless debit card. And I thought, no, no way. My first reaction was, was fear because control, it's, it, that's simply what it is. It's just control and, and terror. But anyway, so that was, I then started um, talking to my friends about it reading about it, finding out, you know, about the trial areas and stuff. And I'd been doing this for oh, probably a year and a half, maybe two years. And then I came across Catherine's, a Catherine's um, post. And so I spoke to Catherine and she asked me to jump on board and I followed her a little bit. And I thought, yeah, this is, you know, so I spoke to her and she brought me in on board. Um, and yeah, it's a, from the minute I heard about it, I was distressed because there is no good in this card. It does not, will not ever work for anybody. Just take, keep in mind that Inju is there to make money. They're making money off your money. That's a lose-lose situation for you, right? It's, it's just that simple. When you throw profits and we look around, we, you know, a company isn't going to just sit there and go, idle. oh, well, you know, we didn't make that much this year. What can we do? You know, it'll be your, your money that'll be... Um, you will lose out in the long run. There'll be cuts to you mm. so that their profit, because that's where their money comes from, right? They're not a mixed business. They grow and you don't. And that absolutely terrifies me. We've seen examples. I well, know through um, the no cashless debit card people and, and events that, you know, it doesn't work, people. A young woman could go to a bottle and buy a, a, a alcohol, not a problem. It passed. It went through, approved. Go to the supermarket next door and, oh, no, decline. The humility that goes with that, the humiliation that goes with that, and you're looked at differently. Now, I lived through the seven years where being a single mum was not something that anybody liked. You were labelled a troll overall. It doesn't matter that you just spent 11 years beating, getting the shit beat out of you, um, that you're a, you're a slut because 
you are a single mother. You're easy. No one wants to know you. No one wants to employ you. Blah, blah. That's it. Here we go. Move forward whatever years it's been. And we have the cashless debit card. So not only are people suspecting that you're a trollop or whatever, now they look at the way, the minute you open your wallet and pull out your card, they go, oh, shit, a junkie. We're not junkies. I'm not a junkie. I don't have a gambling addiction. I'm not an alcoholic either. So what the hell? And there are many out there that are on the card in that same situation. And if you spread this across the board, our children will miss out because no camps, no school photos, and no, um, my kids used to love their lunch order once a week. That was their highlight for the week. No lunch orders, unless it comes out of your 20%. Forget it, it ain't happening, right? And so, and camps, unless, again, it comes out of your 20%, forget it. Kids not having camp, not having photos, not being able to duck into the milk bar at the end after school and get an ice block on a summer's day on the way home. You know, to not be able to take your kids to a school fair, and we know we we they do fairs to raise money for the school, but you can't take your kids there because unless it comes out of your 20%, well, you know, stiff titties, don't go. And then on top of all of that, no garage sales, no, you know, if you want, if you, something breaks down, you want to replace it, you've got to get permission. Here we go, choice, right? You've got to ring up in you and go, yeah, I need my fridge blew up. I've got to keep the milk cold for the little one. Can I get a fridge? I've seen one on Gumtree. You know, can I get the money, please? I know you've got to fill in goddamn forms and seek their approval and jump through hoops and all the rest of the crap by which stage the fridge is gone and your kid's milk is curdled. I mean, what is the point of it? You know, why do I need to ask you to buy a goddamn fridge. If I, I am a, a normal adult, I have a functioning brain, I can decide if I need a new fridge and I can decide where I get it from, who I'll pay to get it. That's my choice. You have no right to tell me that or anything else. You have no right to control a penny of what is my payment. That was given to me many, many, many years ago. It was given to people many years ago, like the pensioners. You know, that was one of the first payments that was introduced in this country. And now they they want to claim it. It's not yours. You're on welfare. Oh, you tax rip off you burden on the taxpayer. Excuse me. If you go on who's the burden on the taxpayer, then you guys need to put your bloody names on the cashless debit card because you're the great wasters. But the ironic I, thing is there, yeah, the ironic thing is there, um, Sue, is I was speaking to Julian Hill about that and um, basically I was saying to him, well, why aren't politicians on the cashless debit card? They're receiving a government handout or a payment, okay, they pay tax, but so do we. Um, anyone on a benefit pays tax indirectly uh you know unless it, it's it, apart from the if, if they work they may also end up paying tax that way and he said yeah he said 
he got a lot of feedback on that and got asked that question quite a lot. So he decided, okay, you can voluntarily go on the card. I'll volunteer to go on the card. Yeah. And evidently they realised he was a politician and they decided to be fairly polite to him, the Hindu people, uh, which is a little bit different to what yeah. cardholders seem to receive uh, on a phone call. And they tried to work it all out and then they came back and said, oh, I'm sorry, we're not taking uh, people, we've stopped the voluntary process, uh, we're not taking people uh, voluntary onto the card. So he couldn't actually get on the card. Yeah, it was, um, uh, it was and, never to start with, not that one anyway. But the thing is, is that um, if my argument is really is, is that if you're if the government is going to go for Centrelink recipients of all the different types of benefits, yeah. including the age pension, which I will say first up that probably will be last on the list to be brought on board, yeah. uh, but they are written into the legislation. And I've got yeah. a little question about that for you in a minute. Um, then because we're receiving taxpayers' dollars, well, politicians are receiving taxpayers' dollars. Um, doesn't it also come out of general revenue, their wages? Yeah. Uh, so basically, if you're going to do that, then you've got to take it across the board. Yep. And I reckon, put it this way, I, I would suggest if they had politicians on the cashless debit card, they would either do two things. They would scrap it in quicker than you can say Jack Flash yeah. or they would improve it to such a point that it actually worked. Yeah. And what I mean by that is they would have proper technology, they would have the consent, they, because I don't reckon politicians are gonna uh, cop having their consumer laws stripped off of them, or their human rights stripped yeah. off them. No, you see what I'm getting at? The, it, they would do. They would either do two things: they'd either scrap it entirely and say, and throw their hands up in horror, yeah. or they would improve it to such a point and make it a choice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'd like to put you on this card. Do you consent? No, I don't. Okay, goodbye. Yeah. Never to be heard of again. Yeah. Do you see what I'm getting at? Yeah. They, they yeah. would improve the, the systems, the processes, the complaints mechanism, because there's no complaints mechanism basically now right. anyway. Yeah. So that it, it, would, it would improve. You wouldn't know it as the cashless debit card that we know it these days. In which case, why would you want it? Why do you need it? Well, that, but that's it. That's it. And the other thing is, and the argument is, is that um, basically if they put the money that they give Indu for each and every card and to manage 
yeah. each and every cardholder's account into so into the Centrelink payment system. Yeah. Job seekers would be on a living wage. Age pensioners would be receiving a decent amount because it's hard to live on the age pension these days and everything yep. like that. Other centre, the, the money that they're wasting on that, if they actually put that money into the payment system, it, it yeah. would benefit the economy because basically what happens, most Centrelink recipients spend what they get. Yeah, exactly true. And, and, and that keeps businesses going who actually employ staff who then spend money and it does the whole monetary, you know, well, cycle. We did this during the um, global financial crisis. Yes. We did that. And Ruddy, that was Ruddy's term, and they gave out all these bonuses to people because they knew that they would spend them and therefore, you know, the economy kept going. We came out the best globally on that one. And our treasurer at the time, Wayne Swan, won some awards in that regard as well as, as yeah. far as I remember. Look, you know, it, it's, I don't know why they make it so hard, really. I mean, it's not bloody rocket science. You treat people well, people respond well, mm. right? By that, I mean, you know, you show a little bit of kindness. You look after your workers properly and they will work twice as hard for you. Mm. Now, there was an example of this, some young bloke, I can't remember his name, in America, but now he's a Harvard study. He paid all his way, all his employees, a minimum of a livable wage, right? He paid them all a livable wage. And they, everybody, you know, said, oh, this will never work, you'll go broke, blah, 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 blah. Well, he's broken all records and his business is booming. His people are really happy. They all own their homes or in the way of owning their homes. And his model is now taught in Harvard. Mm. Okay? You know, it's simple. But we have so many greedy tyrants, for lack of a better word, that are leading. Not good people. We need good people. and get, Because there's no need for this. There really isn't. Mm. I mean, you show a bit of kindness, bit of respect, you get it back tenfold. That, and us as Australians, you know, that's who we are at the core. We help ourselves, we help our mates, we, we care and, and we do the right thing. So punishing people is never, you know, do you want a life of crime and abuse and violence and is that what you want? Because that's what you're creating. If you, the money that they spent on injury, on the setup and, and all the crap that's gone along with it, if they had to put a portion of that into public housing, into rehabilitation centres, so that those people with addictions would actually get some real help and possibly recover and get back into society 
and be a productive member and go to work and earn a living and do what everybody else is doing, right? People, people that are homeless, if they have somewhere to go, somewhere for their kids to lay their head and feel safe and, and they don't have to not eat for two days of the week so that they can meet their rental commitments, then they're going to thrive as well. The kids are going to be happy. The parents are going to be happy. You know, you're going to reduce the domestic violence or, or the kids suffering. And it's the kids that always suffer. I don't care what it is. At the end of the day, it's the kids that bear the burden of adults' mistakes. Absolutely. You know? The kid that sits there and, and he's cowering in the corner while his mum's been beaten, you know, from pillar to post. Or, you know, the kid that sits in a classroom that's got holes in their shoes and in their clothes and everybody else looks normal, you know, and they're sitting there like that. Or that have got Vegemite sandwiches while other kids have ham. You know, all of that impacts, right? Mm. And, and, and at home, the kids... You know, if they have balance and care and that I've raised kids as a single mum and they're all happy, um, professional people contributing to society. Um, I'm about to be a grandma again. And oh, congratulations. Yeah, yeah I'm excited. Um, and it's, you know, show some love, so show some respect, show some kindness. Give a little. It don't hurt. Don't rob the people that are actually helping you get your dollars, more numbers at the end of your bank book. Don't, don't rob them. Look after them. Even give them a bonus here and there to say, thanks, dude, I appreciate you standing there watching those can tops just go past you and making sure that each one's right. You know, your brain dead doing it. But I appreciate that you do that because if you didn't do that, I wouldn't have a final product. You know, let's change this. Let's so much doom and gloom and so much. And it's just greed, unnecessary greed. Yes, and on that note, we're going to stop the um, interview there. Um, but I want to end on that note that, you know, be kind to one another. Look yes. after one another. It's basically what you're saying. If we look after, you know, our families, if we, if the government actually decided to look, generally look after its citizens, including its most vulnerable citizens, yes. we'd have a healthier nation and the children also have far more opportunity. But, yeah. So, and, and it's a nice way to end to say, look after, be kind to one another, look out for one another. So yeah. I want to thank you very much. Uh, it's been a fascinating discussion. And this is Desley Casey from Reality Bite saying thank you. Hope you've enjoyed listening. Bye for now. <laughs>